The Book of Psalms, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, neither chasten me in your hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed. But you, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for your mercy's sake. Lord, rebuke me not in your anger. The psalmist is very conscious that he deserves to be rebuked, and he feels, moreover, that the rebuke in some form or other must come upon him, if not for condemnation, yet for conviction and sanctification. Corn is cleaned with wind, and the soul with chastenings. It were folly to pray against the golden hand which enriches us by its blows. He does not ask that the rebuke may be totally withheld, for he might thus lose a blessing in disguise. But, Lord, rebuke me not in your anger. If you are reminded, if you remind me of my sin, it is good. But, oh, remind me not of it as one incensed against me. Do not remind me of it in anger, lest your servant's heart should sink in despair. Thus says Jeremiah, O Lord, correct me, but with judgment, not in anger, lest you bring me to nothing. I know that I must be chastened, and though I shrink from the rod, yet do I feel that it will be for my benefit. But, O oh my God, chasten me not in your hot displeasure, lest the rod become a sword, and lest in smiting you should also kill. So may we pray that the chastisements of our gracious God, if they may not be entirely removed, may at least be sweetened by the consciousness that they are not in anger, but in his dear covenant love. Verse 2, Have mercy upon me, for I am weak. Though I deserve destruction, yet let your mercy pity my frailty. This is the right way to plead with God if we would prevail. Urge not your goodness or your greatness, but plead your sin and your littleness. Cry, I am weak. Therefore, O Lord, give me strength and crush me not. Send not forth the fury of your tempest against so weak a vessel. Temper the wind to the shorn lamb. Be tender and pitiful to a poor withering flower, and break it not from its stem. Surely this is the plea that a sick man would urge to, to move the pity of his fellow if he were striving with him. Deal gently with me, for I am weak. A sense of sin had so spoiled the psalmist's pride, so taken away his vaunted strength, that he found himself weak to obey the law, weak through the sorrow that was in him. Too weak, perhaps, to lay hold on the promise, I am weak. The original may be read, I am one who droops or withered like a blighted plant. Ah, beloved, we know what this means, for we too have seen our glory stained and our beauty like a faded flower. O oh Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. Here he prays for healing, not merely the mitigation of the ills he endured, but their entire removal and the curing of the wounds which had arisen therefrom. His bones were shaken, as the Hebrew has it. His terror had become so great that his very bones shook. 
Not only did his flesh quiver, but the bones, the solid pillars of the house of manhood, were made to tremble. My bones are shaken. Ah, when the soul has a sense of sin, it is enough to make the bones shake. It is enough to make a man's hair stand up on end, to see the flames of hell beneath him, an angry god above him, and danger and doubt all about him. Well might he say, my bones are shaken. Lest, however, we should imagine that it was merely bodily sickness, although bodily sickness may be an outward sign, the psalmist goes on to say, my soul is also sorely vexed. Soul trouble is the very soul of trouble. It matters not that the bones shake if the soul be firm, but when the soul itself is also sore vexed, this is agony indeed. But you, O Lord, how long? This sentence ends abruptly, for words failed, and grief drowned the little comfort which dawned upon him. The psalmist had still, however, some hope, but that hope was only in his God. He therefore cries, O Lord, how long? The coming of Christ into the soul in his priestly robes of grace. Lord, how long? Christ's appearance is, and ever has been, the hope of the saints. Calvin's favorite exclamation was, Demine usque quo, O Lord, how long? Nor could his sharpest pains during a life of anguish force him any other word. Surely this is the cry of the saints under the altar, O Lord, how long! And this should be the cry of the saints waiting for the millennial glories. Why are his chariots so long in coming? Lord, how long! Those of us who have passed through conviction of sin know what it is to count our minutes, our hours, and our hours, years. Mercy sometimes delays its coming. We watched for the dawn of grace as they that watch for the morning. Earnestly did our anxious spirits ask, O Lord, how long? Verse 4, Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. As God's absence was the main cause of his misery, so his return would be enough to deliver him from his trouble. O save me for, my mercy, for, for your mercy's sake. He knows where to look and what arm to lay hold upon. He does not lay hold on God's left hand of justice, but on his right hand of mercy. He knew his iniquity too well to think of merit or appeal to anything but the grace of God. For your mercy's sake, what a plea that is, how prevalent it is with God. If we turn to justice, what plea can we urge? But if we turn to mercy, we may still cry, notwithstanding the greatness of our guilt. Save me for your mercy's sake. Observe how frequently David here pleads the name of Jehovah, which is always intended where the word Lord is given in capitals. Five times in four verses we are here meet with it. Is not this a proof that the glorious name is full of consolation to the tempted saint? Eternity, infinity, immutability, self-existence are all in the name Jehovah, and all are full of comfort.